You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, May 6, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film News Writer Ryan Scott. Happy Friday, everyone. How's it going? It is Friday. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is in theaters, and we have both seen it. Uh, you know, don't want to spoil anything for anybody out there who hasn't had a chance to see it because it's only been out for one night at this point. But Ryan, what is your your brief spoiler free reaction to Doctor Strange? Um. This was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Doctor Strange is very close to my favorite superhero right next to Spider-Man. And um, I, uh, I, I, uh, I left the theater feeling a little like underwhelmed. And the more I've thought about it, the less I've liked it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of a kick in the old balls. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, what, what uh, you know, without giving anything away. What, what did you what do you think you didn't like about it? Oh, I know there's a lot of things, uh, but it, I mean, again, without spoiling much, it's a very messy film. Um, yes. um, very messy. Even the people that like it will, will acknowledge that. Um, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it. And I think that's part of what adds to the frustration. Uh, it is very much a Sam Raimi film, which is super cool, but like the stuff that, um, I think the villain 
in some ways is one of the worst villains in MCU history uh, for various reasons. Um, and I know that's a bold statement, but it's pretty bad. Uh, and, uh, for, for, for different reasons than other villains have been bad. Yeah. Um, well, maybe next week we can do a spoiler discussion and we can go into that in depth. Yeah. But so I, I, you know, I just left feeling like, you know, cause I've had like five good Spider-Man movies or like three, I've had a lot of good Spider-Man movies and, and, you know, I, I really like the first Dr. Strange and, and I was really hoping now that he's fully on full blown, like Dr. Strange, like we would get like a, like a really good like fully formed Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange movie. And it just didn't happen. And so, and God knows when they're going to be able to make Doctor Strange three, if they're going to make Doctor Strange three, because the Marvel slate is so packed right now. So it just feels like it's going to be a while before I maybe get a shot at that. So, you know, not to be Mr. Negative, but that was kind of how I walked away from it. Yeah. You know, I was delighted at how weird and strange Dr. Strange was, how, uh, how much Sam Raimi I actually felt in the movie. I thought it was going to be, you know, Sam Raimi doing a Marvel movie and it really felt more of a, uh, or I thought it was going to be a Marvel movie directed by Sam Raimi, but it feels more like a Sam Raimi doing a Marvel movie, if that makes sense. No, no, totally. Uh, I agree with you 100%, and I think that's where a lot of my frustrations stem, because, like, <laughs> there is so much good Sam Raimi in it, and then it just, like, the marvel of it all gets in the way, I think. Yeah, uh, and there's so many good, you know, surprises and stuff, and I can't wait for people to experience that. But, yes, it is very disjointed. Um I, I think that's my biggest complaint, and that's the complaint I see common across even people that you know really like the film. Um, and I also feel that in the the visual effects, for I know a lot of people complain about the visual effects in the Marvel movies, but in this one in particular, it almost felt like one visual effects company was doing one piece of a shot, and then it would connect into another piece of a shot, and it was another visual effects company doing it, and it didn't seem consistent across like yeah one does that make sense like no it totally does because i think you can say whatever you want about the first doctor strange movie visually that first doctor strange movie is great yeah yeah and and this one did not match the first one on a visual spectral level in terms of like cohesive visuals well, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, divisive reaction across film Twitter, which I know doesn't represent the world. But uh, so I'm, I'm fairly curious. How is this going to do? How is this doing at the box office and how is it going to do at the box office? Do we do we have figures for last night's preview screenings? Well, Peter, this might surprise you to learn, but a whole lot of people like to go see Marvel films. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it uh, the Thursday preview numbers just came in. Uh, about an hour or so ago, uh, it made $36 million in Thursday preview screenings. Uh, that is good enough for eighth all time, uh, just above The Dark Knight Rises, which did $30 million back in 2012, and just below Avengers Infinity War, which did $39 million uh, back in 2018. Uh, just for some context here, The Dark Knight Rises ended up opening to $160 million, whereas Avengers Infinity War ended up opening to $257 million. So even at the bottom end of that, it's looking very good. Um, it also was opening around the world this weekend, so there isn't like delayed international openings. Uh, we're looking at around a $300 million pro uh, global opening. Um, wow. but, I ex but I expect it's going to exceed that. 
So you're probably going to look at, because now the preview numbers indicate you're probably going to get 180, if not more domestic. So you're probably going to maybe see, I'm guessing around 325 worldwide come Monday morning, give or take. Uh, that that would be my very, uh, you know, rough guess. <clears throat> okay. Well, well, opening weekend is, you know, the buzz that, 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 that is people going into it because they are excited for a new Marvel movie. They're excited for a new Dr. Strange movie. Uh, you know, critics usually have no effect on that. And actually critics, I mean, this is 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Seems like critics actually like this movie. Um, so I'm not like, I, I don't even mean to paint this as, as like, it's a bad movie. It just seems like there's a, there's a significant amount of people that don't like this movie, but there is a significant amount of people that it's very de- divisive. I think is the is it, the correct it, word for it. it. It kind of feels that way in our circles, but like, so the only thing is, I just checked the cinema score hasn't been tallied yet, which is a, one of the best indications yeah. we have of how general audiences react to things. Um, but but the Rotten Tomato audience score with is over two thousand five hundred, yeah, eighty nine percent against a seventy seven percent critic rating. I mean, you know, uh, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? There's definitely been a lot better out there, but that's pretty good. You know, I mean, if Eternals could make four hundred million dollars worldwide, getting skewered by a lot of critics, I, I you know, I don't expect that word of mouth is going to hurt this at all because especially if you do end up with like 190 million dollar opening weekend even if you drop 60 percent from that that means the next weekend is still huge you know so 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 do you think the word of mouth is going to hurt it like how much do you think it might end up with i just think anytime you have an opening weekend that big like you're set up for a big drop the next weekend you know what i mean like it's hard to you know because because even if the shoe drops a lot you know, like that's where those like big, like the big second weekend drops are almost like a little like um, misleading or they can be. On the other hand, you have something like Jurassic World where like Jurassic World still made like, I think, over a hundred something odd million dollars the second weekend. You know, like and it was one of those things where it was like, Jesus, you know, like word of <laughs> mouth was, you know, I still remember that just being like straight up shocking, like Jurassic World second weekend just being one of the most surprising, like, really? <laughs> you know like because i loved yeah, it yeah. but but so i don't you know but so i mean it's it's not necessarily it, it's when you have like those decent openings and then you have like a plunge that's where that's where things get tricky but uh i don't know i think word of mouth is going to be mostly okay on it i don't think it's going to be like it's not going to be like no way home like no way home there was yeah. like a very palpable like energy about people's love for it this i just think people are like okay sure yeah good fine great you know, like, I think your general audiences are like, that was a Marvel movie. All right. You know, so so I, I, I don't really know uh, that it's going to matter a lot beyond that. Do, like, it'll do you do think fine. this has the chance to be in the billion dollar club worldwide? Oh, it's going to sail to a billion for sure. It's, okay. if, it, if it doesn't get to a billion, it'll get so close. I thought for sure this was going to be I thought for sure this was going to be the number two worldwide movie this year. I think the. I think the fact that reviews weren't glowing maybe hurts it a little bit, but I still think this might still be the number two movie behind Jurassic World Dominion come the end of the year. So we'll see. Yeah. uh, There was also this report this week that, uh, you know, not in the Marvel side of things, but in uh, Universal Fast 10, which, you know, has had some problems uh, with the director leaving during uh, the beginning of uh, filming, uh, 
that basically, like, according to reports, the costs for the film are reaching over three hundred million, with the largest chunk being spent <clears throat> on actor salaries. So, um, I mean, that's not. I'm not sure how surprising that actually is because this, you know, this film has like, you know, a huge ensemble cast of big actors in, involved. So, you know, each of them has to get, get a payday, especially, you know, when you're 10 films in, um, and, uh, you know, we said on this podcast that, you know, it's costing, it was costing them one $1 million a day when they didn't have a director, you know, just to, to find a replacement. Um, so I don't know. It, it makes me wonder, like, how much I've been talking on Twitter to, with people about Avatar: The Way of Water because there's a trailer attached to Doctor Strange. I still have not seen that trailer, by the way, but I've heard it's kind of underwhelming. Um, it, it makes me wonder, you know, how much money do these big mega movies need to make at the box office to not be considered a bomb? And I was having this discussion on Twitter with some people about Avatar The Way of Water. And I wanted to run it by you because, you know, you're the box office guy here at Slash Film. Uh, but, like, you know, Avatar 1 made made how much money worldwide? It's at two. So this is one of my biggest. This is something for people to pay attention to. Uh, Avatar uh, is... Um, currently let me double check the exact number just because this is very important so counting all of the re-releases and everything avatar is at 2.845 billion dollars worldwide uh by far the highest grossing movie of all time well not by far but avengers endgame is close but uh bear in mind avatar is getting a majorly wide re-release in september ahead of the release of the sequel it needs about 155 million dollars to cross the three billion dollar mark uh it got re-released in china last year and made 55 million dollars during that re-release that 155 million dollar number is very well within reach uh keep in mind we could have the first three yeah. billion dollar movie here in a matter Jeez. of months yeah so that's how much avatar made okay so avatar 2 i think the budget the reported budget is like 300 million it's got to be around million. that but it's also hard to calculate that because they're putting so many resources into multiple sequels at once. Like, it's sort of hard to say, like, how do you divvy that budget out? Um, you know, because, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's essentially because like, they definitely are doing the first two sequels. And even though a lot of stuff has other been done for the other two, those two aren't guaranteed until we see the numbers for those first two. So yeah. like, so it, it, that, that budget gets a little complicated, but the number that I had heard was that if all four movies get made, it's around a billion dollar investment. Wow. Okay. So, so you know, it, it's, it's easy to compare this against fast 10 because you know, that's costing over 300 million. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's around the same, maybe fast 10 might even be more money than avatar too. I don't know. Um, but like, how much money does that movie need to make at the worldwide box office to be considered like break even? Boy, you know that depends. If you're talking to a studio accountant, who knows? Because um, like I've talked about this before, the the crazy thing about the movie business is like you have the one I always come back to is Bohemian Rhapsody, which had a fifty eight million dollar budget, made like nine hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide, and yet 
20th Century Fox tried to argue that it was still something like $50 million in the red. If that movie can't make money, the movie business doesn't make sense and nobody should ever do it. <laughs> so, like, so, it, you know, it depends. Well, yeah. Let's be clear about what's happening there. So, you know, uh, what studio is that, Fox? That was Fox originally, now Disney technically. but Yeah, the, so, like, uh-huh. you know, they are charging themselves for a bunch of stuff, right? So... They are, you know, charging themselves for the, like the use of, you know, uh, facilities on the lot. They're charging themselves for the use of screening rooms on the lot. They're charging. Yeah, it's so, it's so, it's so silly. all that is taking away from the the profits. But theoretically, Fox now Disney made money. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, like yeah, it, it's, it's creative accounting. It, it's it's very let's that's putting it nicely. But anyway, okay, so. Let's just go back to some of my rough rule of thumb box office math here. Um, And this is stuff not that I created, but that, you know, very, very rough math you can use to in the same way that you can say, like, the end of your thumb is about an inch long. You know, it's kind (laughs) of sort of, you know, so. All right. So let's look at the, the general rule of thumb is that if you have a budget for a big movie, you will double that for marketing. Now, when you get to that $300 million number, I've always suspected marketing is not also going to cost $300 million. So, you know what I mean? Because that, that, that's just like absurd. So, so let's, let's say when you get to that $300 million range, you're going to also spend, just to be nice, let's say you also spend 200, even let's say 150. Let's just be generous here because let, let's just give them some generous math. Yeah. So then that puts you at $450 million before that you got to make before you can even touch a dollar of profit by the way when you're at that point when you're at a 300 million dollar movie you also have marketing deals that like aren't costing you anything you have like these cross promotional deals yep where you know like some truck that was in well i guess maybe not with pandora but you know what no, I mean? but like lots McDonald's of the james bond movies the james bond movies offset cost famously by like brand stuff so like you know heineken yeah. or something will be in there that actually offsets the budget so even though yeah. the budget is reported you know but but anyway this is again let's rough math here so 450 million dollars before you can touch a cent of profit um now the the other rough rule of thumb to take into account is for every dollar that is made at the box office only about half of that will get back to the studio so what is so then that essentially means you have to double that 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 raw number in box office earnings to break even. So let's say that you have a $300 million movie and you can somehow market it for $150 million. That means your rough global box office number to break even would be $900 million. Rough, very rough, but there you go. So, so sure. The, 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 the assumption there with, but that's also the assumption that like only the money that is going to be made is at the box office. Well, but the idea, and don't get me wrong, a lot of blockbusters don't make money at the box office, but over the life of the movie can make money. And yeah. and certain movies, like Marvel movies, Marvel movies don't necessarily have to make money at the box office because a lot of the money is built into, like, merchandising and theme park. You know, there's so many other revenue streams that come from certain movies. The Fast yeah. and Furious movies, there is merchandise and stuff, but there's not as much of it. You know, it's not, like, as all-encompassing with merchant stuff. So, like... And the thing is, we've talked about this a lot, too. Ancillary revenue streams aren't what they used to be. You cannot sell nearly as many Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff, you know, that you used to be able to. 
Um, so, so, you know, so that, you know, and cable is driving, drying up a little bit because streaming is a bigger deal, you know, just to give you an idea, avatar coming out in 2009, do you have any idea how, how much money that movie made in estimated home video sales, Peter, just from DVD and Blu-ray? Oh, I have no idea. Domestic estimated DVD and Blu-ray sales are $429 million for avatar. Wow. So that's what, so the thing is the bigger your movie is, the bigger your ancillary profits will be. But that's also why when you talk about the industry being upset about no longer having Blu-ray and DVD sales, that's why, because you can make a respectable box office, box office figure just on DVD and Blu-ray, or you used to be able to. Now you're going to drop Avatar 2 eventually on Disney Plus and that's it. And then you're hoping that the subscriber value is enough. You know, or, you know, so, you know, the ancillary revenue isn't what it used to be. And that, and that complicates things in terms of, of eventual profit. But yes, there are other revenue streams that you take into account. Um, but yeah, so well, I mean, you okay, know, you so with Avatar, like 250 million, we add 150 for. And for again, marketing. that's being generous. Sure. Like, but like, so that's a $400 million figure. Again, that would mean you would need to make at least. You know, that's probably similar to what No Time to Die had to do, which means you have to get to 800 million to break even. So, and of course, you know, I'm not sure if there's much in terms of merchandise outside of the theme parks for Avatar. I mean, there will be, but like worldwide, I bet gonna... there would be because in other countries, it's a lot bigger. And yeah. so, like, so I think there could be more action figures, more like, you know, tie in books or comics or, or posters. You know, the Avatar probably has a decent amount of tie in merch worldwide. But, um, you know, these films, even if they don't do, you know, bonkers at the box office, they're basically advertisements to, you know, I came out of Avatar 1 being like, I want to go to Pandora. It wasn't, you know, oh, I care about Jake Scully or I I, I, I care about Nateri. It was like, you know, I would love to visit Pandora. And guess what? Disney built Pandora in Florida. You can go visit it and it costs, you know, $150 a day to go there uh, per person. And, uh, you know, Disney's going to make money off that. Um, so, so, you know, they're going to make money off, you know, probably VOD, some uh, merchandise worldwide, like you said, uh, the theme parks, they're, they're definitely going to make some money on that investment. Um, I, I would say, theoretically, it's not – tell me if I'm wrong here, Ryan. <laughs> I would say, theoretically, it's not considered a box office bomb if it makes six or $700 million. Um, I think your average blockbuster maybe, but I think when you're looking at a movie that – may well by the time avatar 2 comes out be a three billion dollar global box office draw i think this is I, the, the thing the number that i keep coming back to is a lot has changed since 2009 yeah delayed sequels almost never make as much money as their predators you know it's it's tough the number i keep coming back to is a billion i think like if avatar 2 can still get you to that billion dollar number and it can still get you over that line I think at that point, it's easy to be like, Avatar 2 made us a billion dollars. Like, it's just like that big, nice number you can say. Yeah. And I think that's where, obviously, it's not a flop. No movie's a flop if it makes, you know, $750 million worldwide. It just might mean that you overspent in some areas. Because, like, if you can make that kind of money in ticket sales, you've done something right. But if you also fail to make money, then you've done something wrong. 
Like that was the problem with No Time to Die is that the budget supposedly exceeded like $250 million. So you make $760 million at the box office and you can't profit. Well, that's more of a business problem <laughs> than it is a problem with your brand. You know, so that, that like that's more of a poor business model. So I think like, but with Avatar 2, everything that goes into this, you really do need a big number to say, no, no, this is still a thing, especially when you're still trying to say we have three of these on the way. So yeah. I, that's, but, the but thing it really I, seems like people are rooting for this to fail. And the, the thing I come down to is if the sequel made half as much as the original in the third ma- film made half as much as the, the second film in the fourth film made half as much as the third film. And you would have to agree. That would be like an insane dramatic, like, have we ever seen that with a series of, that actually uh, used to kind of be the way that it would go. Like, oh, really? like well, yeah, because the, 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 the rule used to sort of be that, that especially before international markets came into play, that the sequel would generally make less than the original, but, the yeah, thing but not is, half as much, right? Well, uh, I don't have any direct numbers in front of me, but like a lot of those old horror sequels and stuff like that used to kind of be the way that it would go. Um, give me one second. Cause like, yeah, like, and, and you know, but that's why like, horror movies could get to 10 sequels because you could still make a fraction of of you know what they made and still be successful and if you keep the budgets low blah 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 but yeah that used to be the sort of like rule of thumb is that uh let's see here well yeah like if so if you look at like the nightmare on elm street you know it peaks at four with 49 million and then suddenly like collapses at 22 million on five um you know, first one made so that's 25. almost 50%, almost. almost a 50% drop, but like, but also, and that's worldwide, but like, let's, let's look at domestic numbers here. Yeah. It kind of follows, um, you know, and then you had like Freddy's dead only makes, you know, 34 and then, you know, new nightmare. Have we, only ever, makes- ever, have, we, have we ever seen that on like a big blockbuster scale though? I feel like even when you get into like, you know, the uh, Transformers the last night. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That, well, that, well, that is new cast and stuff, right? Well, no, because that was carrying over from Age of Extinction. Oh, so, Age of Extinction, yeah. Yeah, so, so, and that made a, you know, last night made a whole lot less than Age of Extinction. Like, a like almost, like a gigantic, <laughs> gigantic drop. So, that that's the biggest prominent example I can think of in blockbuster filmmaking. So, how much less was that than Age of Extinction? Uh, I know it was, I think it was like 600 something. I can't believe I just have all these numbers floating around my head. Um, uh, uh, sometimes it is like weird, like that. I just like, I'm like all the things I don't know. Like I can't remember people's birthdays, but, uh, yeah. So, so Transformers, uh, age of extinction made $1.1 billion worldwide. And then Transformers, the last night only made 600 million worldwide. That's still more than 50%. I feel like to no, but get that's a, a 50% drop is Well, but I think, but I think no, it is hard, but I don't think, I don't think Avatar is a, Avatar is a singular thing in the history of cinema. Yeah. Singular, completely singular. Avengers Endgame needed a decade's worth of built up filmmaking to be able to barely pass Avatar at the box office, only for Avatar to then beat it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Avatar yeah. was a one movie thing based on almost nothing other than maybe Fern Gully, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, but so. Listen, I, I'm not saying that Avatar 2 is going to be 
the biggest film of all time. I mean, it could be. Who knows? We don't it know. I would, I would, it, I, I'll tell you right now. I'll uh, eat my shoe if it's bigger than yeah. the first one. Well, I, I, you know, I'll never bet against James Cameron. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, but I think everybody out there that's like rooting for this to fail doesn't understand the even like comparing to like the worst case scenario. Like you said, like the you know those last two Transformers movies. Even if you got the drop of that, you're still. I mean, I, will it get more less than fifty percent of? Avatar. Do you think Avatar: The Way of Water will do less than fifty percent of Avatar One? Yeah, I think it'll do a little less. Uh, I think it'll. Uh, I'm. 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 So well, let's just do some quick. Let's just say that it. Because I'm. Let's not count the re-release. So let's just count it. At, let's say it's at two point eight five billion right now. Yeah. Exactly fifty percent of that gets you to one point four two billion. Somewhere in the one point three billion range seems not out of reach to me. Because, again, I think this is one of those things where the international split is going to be huge. And I also think general audiences are going to be so curious. You know, the thing is, this is another one of the things where the film, Twitter, and Internet bubble doesn't help you. You know, like, you know, where, you know, general, like, because, again, it seems like anywhere you look, like in the people we talk to, nobody likes Jurassic World. Yet it is still one of the highest grossing movies of all time, like by a lot, you know, by (laughs) by a staggering amount of money. You know, and that's one of those ones I always come back to. And I know Scott Mendelson, the the box office guy at Forbes, talks about that a lot, too, that, like, we can be on Twitter all day and watch people bitch about Jurassic World. But, like, general audiences eat that shit up. And I feel like Avatar is going to be that same thing, where as much as people are blah, 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 wah, wah, wah about it, 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 the curiosity is going to get you there. And I think worldwide, we have no perspective. And I think that the, the biggest thing that signals me, and again, I mentioned this earlier, Avatar got re-released in China last year when the pandemic was barely recovering. Still made like $55 million with a barely advertised re-release. The original, a decade later. Yeah. You know, like $55 million with like a very minimally advertised re-release in one country. So, you know, what does that tell you about how much it, I'll tell you, I'll tell you when we're really going to learn this in September, when it gets re-released in North America, how much does Avatar make in that re-release? That's when we're going to know. That's when people are going to see like, Oh, this is going to make so much money. You know, that that's the moment. You know, I, I saw Dr. Strange at a press screening, so I didn't get to see the Avatar way of water trailer, but I think you just saw it last night at a public screening. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, went to uh, went. Uh, yeah, you made that sound so so clear. You you went and saw it with the regulars, did you? Well, no, I wasn't sure. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I was I'm like, oh, kidding. maybe they had a press screening last night, but no, uh, no, no, I, did, I went and saw long. it with the. Uh, I went and saw it with my people. Uh, yeah, I like were, I like yeah. to do. I actually try to avoid press screenings for the big movies. I like going opening night uh, for for the big stuff because I like to you know yeah. feel the feel the atmosphere and such. Uh, but um. What was yeah, your I mean, reaction I saw, to the Avatar 2 trailer there? Um, it felt like a time when people were ordering popcorn and soda. Uh, uh, I was at the draft house out here. It, no, I mean, there was no zero. Re- I just, uh, it was just people sitting through a trailer. There was no, you know, there's no, so, no reaction. So there's no negativity. It was just like. No, but, but also it's not. It really is just like if again, most people probably haven't seen avatar since it came out and if you were to watch this trailer you might just think why are they showing scenes from avatar 
You know, like, it's because it's, like, hard to discern. Like, it just looks like Avatar. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, you know, like, yeah, then toward the end of it, you're like, oh, there's some different things and there's more water, I guess. But, like, <laughs> you know, it, it just looks like Avatar. So, like, I, I don't really think that people had a grip on, like, oh, this is finally, like, the sequel or whatever. And, you know, it just... It, 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 it's just a, it's very much just a teaser trailer. It's just footage. It's just shots of Pandora. It's just it's very glossy looking blue things. It's the, you know, I'm also very uninterested by Avatar personally, so it's not like it matters to me and I don't really care, but you know, from a financial standpoint, I find it interesting. Okay. I you know, I we had also planned to talk to you about uh this article you wrote on the site about how theaters should happily welcome Netflix movies. Maybe we'll talk about that next week because as always, Ryan, when when we talk, we like to talk. We do I. like to talk, Peter. <laughs> so so maybe we'll, we'll we'll have that for next week. But it was fun talking with you about Avatar, and I think I have a better sense of what needs to happen for it to be considered a success. Although, in my mind, I feel like the definition of box office bomb is not like the what it used to be. If that no, makes sense, like. Times have really changed. Like, like if Avatar 2 had come out before the pandemic, the expectations would be astronomical. You know, like, it would never have been able to live up to the expectations that were placed on it. Um, I just had a thought I probably shouldn't say, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and view this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow. Or actually, we're going to see you on Monday because tomorrow's a, a weekend and we don't work on the weekend. Have a good weekend, everybody. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.